Prophecy and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights. And uh, it, I'm, I'm glad to be here because I almost literally died yesterday. And I got to tell you about that here in, in just a second. But if you're new to the broadcast, my name is Jim Paris. My main website is ChristianMoney.com. You can find me on social media by typing in James L. Paris. James L. Paris. I also do love to answer emails. Uh, if you'd like to reach out with me, maybe you have a question, a comment, some feedback. My best email address is Jim at ChristianMoney.com. So a lot to get into tonight, a lot going on in the news. Uh, but I want to start by talking about what happened to me yesterday. And if you're a friend on Facebook, you probably already know this. And I shouldn't be laughing or even smiling about it. I'm really more wincing than I am smiling. Uh, but yeah, so yesterday, uh, something I love to do maybe once or twice a month, I'll put my bike on the back of my Jeep. I've got a bike rack and I'll take my bicycle up to St. Augustine, beautiful historic city, the nation's oldest city. And, uh, I'll take my bike up, park in the parking garage, and then maybe do like 15 or 20 miles on my bike. Then I'll go out to breakfast uh, at my favorite restaurant up there called Georgie's. And uh, that was my plan yesterday. And everything went well. I got to Georgie's, ate my breakfast, and then I just had this little like three or four block bike ride to get my car back to the parking garage to go home. So I'm about a block and a half, two blocks from the parking garage. And all of a sudden, an ambulance... Uh, starts, you know, blaring its siren, the lights are flashing and I see it and it's turning onto the street that I'm on headed towards me. And these are very narrow streets. They're all patched They're A lot of the streets are, you know, obviously super old and they've redone the, the pavement over and over again over the years. So I see the ambulance coming and I move over to just the edge, like just to where, just to the, uh, maybe five, six inches from where the curb is. And there's this uneven uh, patch in the pavement and my front tire gets stuck between the higher part of the patch and then the lower part of the street. And my bike just completely threw me into the street. Uh, I lost control of the bike, uh, ended up dumping off the bike into the middle of the street right in front of the ambulance. And uh, thank God it wasn't going super fast, even though it had the lights on and all that. And uh, there was enough space for the ambulance to actually go around me. And then some good Samaritans helped me get up, uh, get my bike over to the sidewalk. And I found a shady spot that I was able to sit in for about 45 minutes just to catch my breath. And man, uh, my bell was rung. I was just, I was kind of blurred vision. Uh, I was seeing stars. Uh, yeah. And so it took me about 45 minutes just to where I felt like, all right, I'm good enough here that I can get up. And I can uh, walk with my bicycle back to the garage, which I did. 
uh, kind of limping a lot and all that. Got the bike loaded. Um, didn't know if I was going to have to go to the hospital or not. Was just sort of thinking, let's get home first and see what happens. Maybe I'll have to go to urgent care. Maybe I'll need to get x-rays. So I get home and, um, you know, really super sore, but I was able to get in the house and, uh, get a, a bath, a hot bath and, uh, kind of shake it off. And I thought, well, you know, I, I don't feel like I've broken any bones and I had dinner and, uh, took some Advil <laughs> and I went to sleep and, uh, you know, all turned out. Okay. I, you know, went to bed really sore and woke up this morning expecting the worst, you know, how you feel, you know, you can kind of predict when you're going to have one of those, you know, super sore mornings. And I was expecting it and it wasn't that bad. I was able to get up this morning. I went to church and, uh, walking a little bit more slowly than usual, but, uh, man, I made it. And thank God, uh, I was protected because it could have been really bad. Uh, had I, you know, fallen off, you know, a little bit, you know, later, like closer to the ambulance, it wasn't super close to me when I fell off. So there was time for the ambulance to go around me. And I was wearing, I always wear these like neon colored shirts and I have a neon colored helmet. So I'm super visible. So that was probably part of the, you know, reason why the ambulance, you know, didn't hit me because it could, you know, easily see me, but uh, man, a uh, little bit of a, of a scare. Uh, but in any case, uh, you know, life, life goes on and thank God he wants me around here uh, for maybe a, a few more days. <laughs> so we will see. All right. A lot going on, um, in the news, a lot going on on my social media. Uh, I did hit the maximum on my Facebook. So once you hit 5,000 friends on your personal Facebook, you can't get any more new friends. So what's been going on is, uh, every time, like it drops back to 4,999, immediately another friend gets added. So it's not impossible to get in there. But the, the cool thing is that everything pretty much I post on my personal page. I also post on my Facebook, uh, a business page for Christian money. So if you just type in Christian money, all as one word, you'll find that page. And that has an unlimited number of slots that you can follow. So in any case, I've been posting a lot about mortgages because uh, about mm, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, I actually started working again uh, in the mortgage business uh, about three months ago, got my mortgage license back. And a lot of people don't know that I used to own a mortgage firm in Daytona Beach for several years. And uh, it's a lot of fun being back in the mortgage industry. I love it. And I've been posting a lot of videos about it. But I wanted to mention one video that I've gotten the most response on so far which was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, I mean, not completely surprising, but a little bit surprising about reverse mortgages. And I plan on doing a lot more about reverse mortgages because honestly, there's a lot of misunderstandings about reverse mortgages. And I don't think they're for everyone, but in the right situation, they do make a lot of sense. In this video I posted, I shared about how I recommended to my parents 15 years ago that they get a reverse mortgage. They were in such a situation where it did make sense. And had they not gotten the reverse mortgage, there's no way my mom would still be in that home uh, 10 plus years after my dad passed away. So um, it does make sense for the right situation. And I've got a lot of people contacting me with questions about reverse mortgages. And I'm licensed only in Florida to help people with a reverse mortgage, but I can refer you to one of my associates in the other states. 
Uh, if you contact me, I can still refer you and make sure you get taken care of. Uh, so that's something you can do. And tomorrow on Monday, I'm posting another new video about reverse mortgages. This one's kind of interesting. It's about how you can actually use a reverse mortgage to buy a house. So this isn't where you already own the house and then you use the reverse mortgage to create an income for the rest of your life or at a minimum, just wipe out your mortgage payments depending on how much you owe. This is where you don't own the house and you can actually use a reverse mortgage to buy the house. And that's going to be tomorrow. I'll be posting that on Facebook on my personal page and also uh, over at christianmoney.com. Uh, this in moments before we went live, a new rocket strike on the Ukraine nuclear plant uh, is raising concerns again, and a UN watchdog is warning of disaster. Uh, a few weeks ago, I don't know if you remember, but this was uh, a concern. There was a battle going on uh, between the Russians and the Ukrainians, and it involved the nuclear power plant in Ukraine. And apparently, you know, once all parties concerned realized what was going on and the risk of, uh, you know, another Chernobyl type of a situation, uh, the hostilities ended. And apparently there's word now of fresh hostilities involving the Ukraine nuclear plant. Uh, so this is a concern because if that plant were to, uh, you know, have damage that would cause a radiation leak, uh, that that could really, really devastate uh, for for dozens and dozens of miles. It could be a similar, you know, to the Chernobyl uh, incident. And, uh, you know, it could be a lot of people affected by that. So our, you know, prayers are that uh, if they're going to keep the fighting going, which hopefully they're not, they'll at least maybe keep a safe zone around that nuclear plant. The actress Anne Heche remains hospitalized and in intensive care after a car she was driving crashed into a residence in Los Angeles. Now, that's the headline, but um, she was driving the car. So it's it's funny how they they do that in the news. They'll say the car crashed. They they kind of like make it that she didn't crash the car, but uh, she did. We don't know the story. Maybe she had a medical emergency. We don't know. And uh, sad story. They say she'll be... Uh, in weeks of rehabilitation, she did live through the crash and she remains hospitalized. Elon Musk, who, of course, um, weeks ago uh, put in a an offer to buy Twitter, uh, has now, you know, obviously walked away from the offer to buy Twitter. But Elon Musk is challenging the Twitter CEO, Parag Agrawal, to a public debate on bot count. And so if you remember, Elon Musk has been alleging that a large amount of the activity on Twitter is from bots. So these are not real people. These are computer programs using artificial intelligence that sort of post and reply and, and all the things that you can do on Twitter and like posts, etc. that this is happening not by people, but by bots. And of course, this came up in his deal with Twitter where he was going to buy Twitter but then wanted them to uh, be able to, you know, disclose how much of the activity on Twitter is organic and how much of it is bots. And they would not disclose that allegedly. And that's when he walked away from the deal, which is now uh, a major lawsuit, you know, for billions of dollars. Uh, really interesting, though. And it makes you wonder, 
how much of the activity on social media is bots versus actual real people. You just don't know. And especially when you get into politics and celebrities, you wonder how many actual real people are following these celebrities and these politicians and how much of it is fake because so many times people wear that badge that they've got a million followers on Twitter and things like that. Maybe they only have 50,000. Maybe the rest are fake or they're dormant accounts, which to me is just as bad as a bot. If it's somebody that has a Twitter, but has really never uses Twitter. Um, I think in the future, there really is going to be a lot more transparency because this is sort of the roll of the dice. When you at, when you buy advertising on social media and people are now doing this, even at the small micro level, like they'll buy a social media ad on Facebook, like just in their own town. And this is kind of neat because it allows you to target uh, certain kinds of people, certain demographics. It allows you to target a small area like just your town. If you're, you know, in the real estate business or a service business, uh, lawyer, uh, real estate agent, whatever. Um, but the question is, you know, how many people are you actually reaching? And and that's the question with social media. And we don't have reliable numbers uh, like you might have, for example, um, with TV ratings, which I'm not really sure that those were ever reliable, but they seem to be more reliable than what we get when we buy advertising on social media. I've always thought I don't really care how many people they say are looking at my ads. I look at bottom line. Am I getting enough response to make the ad worth the money? That's how I always judge it. But if you're Elon Musk and you're paying $45 billion for Twitter, uh, you want to know. Uh, I mean, are, are there literally, you know, I mean, do they have the numbers that they are claiming to have or uh, legitimately or are there is there like half or only a third uh, legitimate users using the platform? I think it's a fair question. I think if he's buying the company, he has the right to know. And the allegation is they refused uh, to let him know. Uh, okay, this story uh, continues to get a lot of uh, just a lot of questions people are posting on my Facebook. Why? Uh, and here we go again. The airlines cancel more than 600 flights over the weekend and delay thousands more on Saturday. And you wonder why this is happening. They use the excuse a lot of times as weather. Um, lately, they're saying pilot shortage employee shortage, who knows what the reason is, but it's again, becoming another reason that, uh, people are consider you know, reconsidering flying. I mean, I didn't fly. I haven't flown a lot in the last year and a half, um, because of COVID and having to wear a mask and all of that. And now the masks are gone, but now we've got this other problem and who wants to be stuck in an airport for hours and hours or maybe even stranded to where you have to stay overnight in a city. Uh, it, it makes it a very uh, unpleasant experience. And this is almost becoming just normal operating procedure uh, to have all of these delays and cancellations. And here we go again uh, over the weekend, 600 flights are canceled. This, this is, you know, as we go to air, there's probably thousands more, uh, and thousands are delayed on Saturday. And I guess, um, you know, when you talk about thieves 
and and people uh, shoplifting and all the crimes that are taking place. Now, this one kind of hit me as a little bit funny. Uh, thieves steal at least 20 whole briskets worth thousands of dollars from a famous Texas barbecue restaurant in Austin. And I posted this on my Facebook earlier today. I said, well, I guess if you're going to steal something, <laughs> stealing a barbecue brisket is probably what you want to steal. And I want to say that it wasn't me uh, because at the time of this uh, theft, I was actually stealing a barbecue brisket here in Florida. So that is my alibi. But uh, I, I thought that was a funny story. But I mean, how many briskets do you steal that bring the bill to thousands of dollars? And, and what do you do with it? I guess if you've got a big freezer, you could freeze it. Uh, have a big party with all your friends. Uh, if you're the police, how would you be investigating this? Uh, would you be driving neighborhood to neighborhood uh, just with the windows down smelling uh, to see if you smell the brisket? Uh, <laughs> thousands of dollars of brisket stolen uh, from the this famous uh, Texas barbecue restaurant in Austin. And uh, we're, we're expecting uh, more interest rate increases and so uh, they're already predicting in September that the Fed will raise rates again. And, and part of this is when you watch the unemployment figures, um, we're seeing very strong employment uh, starting to pick up again. And this is one of the signs of inflation. But look, one of the biggest signs of inflation is what's happening at the grocery store. Uh, I, you know, and I know in core in, core inflation, they don't include a lot of times uh, these kinds of things. But what hits the um, everyday person uh, is the cost of food and especially the cost of meat. Uh, it is just getting to be crazy. The price of gas is coming down, but it looks like more interest rate uh, increases are expected uh, when the Fed meets in September. It's all but a foregone conclusion that they are going to raise rates again. And uh, one of the things that I want to mention on this is that interest rates on mortgages have actually come down uh, in recent weeks. They're not terrible. I mean, getting a rate in the fives is certainly possible. And, uh, you know, if you've got a lot of equity, maybe you'll get into the fours on an interest rate. Uh, again, if you want to get in touch with me about mortgages, you can send me a private message on Facebook or email me. Um, but, uh, I can work with you if you're here in Florida or refer you to someone in the other States, but this is a good time to look at, uh, locking in, uh, you know, if you're doing a refinance, uh, if you're trying to maybe out there, you're out there thinking about buying a house, this is a good time to lock in your rate uh, because it looks like rates are going to continue moving higher. And then this story I thought was, was fascinating because, uh, you know, credit scores affect everybody. And now that I'm back in the mortgage industry, you know, I see this every day where if somebody's got, you know, the 700 score, they get a certain great interest rate. But if their score is 699, they don't get that great interest rate. And uh, there is a new class action lawsuit against Equifax. And uh, this is because there was a software programming error earlier this year that led to thousands of people having inaccurate credit scores. Now, this new story says that the scores could have been off by as much as 25 points or more, and it's going to be hard to know who is actually affected by this. 
Um, but this has been announced. It's in the news. And one of the things I always hate about these class action lawsuits is that the lawyers get all the money and you might, you know, if you get a postcard in the mail and you fill it out, you might end up getting five or 10 bucks somewhere down the line. It seems like that's always been my experience. Uh, but again, you know, credit scores, they're sort of mystical and mysterious, uh, as to how they're calculated. But now we know that due to a software programming error, uh, at Equifax, uh, people were hurt by this. Uh, their scores were reduced by at least 25 points or more. Uh, Florida real estate values. Um, I wanted to talk about this just for a couple of minutes. One of my uh, new friends is a real estate agent and we were out to dinner on Saturday night and we had this discussion about Florida real estate values. So the studio that I'm in right now is in my house that I bought in 2010 for $125,000 that according to recent estimates is now worth $450,000. So you're talking about the price of my house has gone up almost fourfold in 12 years. Fantastic. Um, but are these prices sustainable? So there's two arguments really about Florida values. So the one argument is that Florida is the next California and a house like this that I live in could be worth a million dollars in a handful of years. It could be worth $2 million in 10 years because that has happened in California. The other side of the argument, which my friend uh, was making on Saturday night was, look, we don't have the jobs that they have in California here in Florida. We don't have Facebook and all these multi-multi-millionaires from stock options and all these tech companies. We don't have these opportunities. But, you know, maybe he's right, but we are seeing more industry moving into Florida. Just a 45-minute drive from my home here is Jacksonville. Jacksonville is now uh, picking up a lot of major corporate moves. So we're starting to see the corporations moving to, into Florida, but we're also uh, facing this new phenomenon of the remote worker. So it really is no longer geographically uh, going to limit an area like Florida because we don't have the corporate headquarters, maybe that California has because of the remote worker phenomenon. So I'm still subscribing to the idea that Florida is the next California and I'm telling people, if you plan on moving to Florida, get here soon, because I believe prices are going to continue to go up. And uh, as far as the lenders that I work with, you know, being back in the mortgage industry, I'm seeing a really uh, aggressive posture of lenders wanting to lend money against real estate in Florida. And that tells me that lenders are making the same bet, that they believe that the price of Florida real estate is going to continue to go up. There is a new scam that the Better Business Bureau is warning about. It's called brushing. And I read about this today. And honestly, I don't see the scam here. So let me tell you what this brushing scam is. I don't know how they come up with these terms. But so brushing is when you go to your front door and you get a package from Amazon that you did not order. So there it is. It's got your name on the box. You open it up and there's something in there. And of course, according to the law, when you get a package like that, you're allowed to keep it and you don't have to pay for it. So here's the quote unquote scam. 
The brushing scam is that after you get the free item, you'll be contacted by the company that paid for it, asking you to go to Amazon and write a review. And so supposedly this is a scam because you didn't give them permission to send you the free stuff. And supposedly it's a scam because they're asking you to write a review on the item you didn't actually buy. You know what? Scam me. <laughs> if you're a company that is involved in this so-called brushing scam, uh, I live in Palm Coast, Florida. Look me up. My name is James Paris and send me your free stuff and I'll write a review for you. I don't see the scam. I've never had this happen. Um, there is a, a, a company uh, that I like. It's called uh, Snag Shout. And they have such deals where you can go on and get stuff for free or super cheap and you don't have to write a review, but it's sort of like a gentleman's agreement that you will write a review. Uh, they can't make you write a review, but it's sort of implied that you will. And it's called snag shout. And I buy stuff from there for cheap or get free things. Uh, and I do uh, write reviews, but if you want to scam me, <laughs> send me a bunch of free stuff. I'll take it. So uh, that's called brushing and is supposedly a new scam. And we'll close it out with this this week. A Tennessee mega church pastor named Tavner Smith of Venue Church in Chattanooga is denying reports that his church is face facing foreclosure less than a year after staffers quit over a rumored affair he had with a former church employee. Now, we don't know if this is true or not. A big story in Christian Post. Um, I'm always fascinated by these mega church stories, uh, but this is a mega church in Chattanooga. And uh, I also find church foreclosures very interesting because people never think of a church as getting foreclosed. But if a church gets a mortgage and there's a financial problem and they can't pay the mortgage, a church can have a foreclosure. The lender can come and take the church back. But this creates an interesting problem because especially with zoning laws, you can't necessarily just have anybody come in and buy that building and turn it into a business. It depends on where it's located. So in a lot of areas, churches are located near residential zones. They have similar zoning to schools. And so uh, as a result, it's very limited as to what kind of organization can buy a church. So when lenders lend on churches, they're usually pretty conservative. They'll only lend like 60 or 70% of the real estate value. Uh, but uh, it creates a problem. Sometimes you'll have these churches get foreclosed and then the only apparent um, replacement buyer is another church. That sometimes is the case, but this is a mega church in Chattanooga, Tennessee uh, called Venue Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm getting a lot of emails, people saying, I'm glad the show's back. Are you going to be having guests again? Yes, um, we will be having guests again. I'm in the process of searching for a new producer and guest booker 
Um, so I'm thinking probably by the fall, maybe by October, we'll be bringing guests back in. But otherwise, it'll just be me uh, doing this first segment of the show and uh, kind of keeping us going with news and commentary and what's happening. Um, if you've got a question, feel free to email me, jim at christianmoney.com. Maybe something I will answer during the show. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.